through the prophet Micah, God speaks to the entire world. That's right, the whole world. We're going to read about that today, and we're going to talk about it in just a minute. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembrick. I'm Janice. In about two minutes' time, we're going to talk about the prophet Micah, and he has much to say as God speaks to him and through him. Corey and Ryan are also here. Corey? Well, that's what I'm talking about today, looking at Micah, both the prophet and the book named after him. Ryan? Yeah, I'm going to follow that as well, because to go along with our reading, uh, it's a really good idea to profile this important prophet. It's interesting because these prophets quickly go, and we have to talk about them quickly. We don't have time to stay on them. But... What are we going to do today on this Friday? Well, I was going to say it's Friday again. That means we have another wrap-up. I could not hardly say that for a minute. A wrap-up Friday question. And here it's going to be anywhere from Hosea chapter 12 all the way through to Micah 4. Micah 1, 1 through 9. The word of the Lord that came to Micah of Moresheth in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Hear, all you peoples. Listen, O earth, and all that is in it. Let the Lord God be a witness against you, the Lord from his holy temple. For behold, the Lord is coming out of his place. He will come down and tread on the high places of the earth. The mountains will melt under him, and the valleys will split like wax before the fire, like waters poured down a steep place. All this is for the transgression of Jacob and for the sins of the house of Israel. What is the transgression of Jacob? Is it not Samaria? And what are the high places of Judah? Are they not Jerusalem? Therefore I will make Samaria a heap of ruins in the field, places for planting a vineyard. I will pour down her stones into the valley, and I will uncover her foundations. All her carved images shall be beaten to pieces, and all her pay as a harlot shall be burned with the fire. All her idols I will lay desolate, for she gathered it from the pay of a harlot, and they shall return to the pay of a harlot. Therefore I will wail and howl, I will go stripped and naked, I will make a wailing like the jackals and a mourning like the ostriches, for her wounds are incurable. For it has come to Judah, it has come to the gate of of my people to Jerusalem. Micah chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. You know, Micah is a great prophet. Micah prophesied to Israel and Judah at the same time. That prophet Isaiah was ministering to them as well. The prophets routinely called out to the sins of the people and their cultural failings and prophesied to them. During King Hezekiah's reign in Judah, Micah and Isaiah would have seen part of God's message come true in the fall of Israel to the north. Assyria successfully took over that land and, and resettled it. 
Judah also had to deal with the Assyrian invasion of the territory. Now, Micah's name actually means who is like Yahweh. And he was called to deliver this message of God's displeasure to both Israel and Judah. He called all of God's people to repentance. One third of Micah's prophecy covers the sins of the countrymen. Another third speaks about God's coming punishment. And the final third about the hope and the restoration. Overall, the book of Micah displays God as just and holy and describes him as requiring holiness and justice from all of his people. And when we get to the New Testament, we will read about Jesus Christ who says, be holy as I am holy. And we will understand that it is the Holy Spirit that does that. And then we realize that the Holy Spirit comes into our heart when we submit to the Lord Jesus Christ or Yeshua HaMashiach. Very, very important. Take your Bible guide and turn to Micah. This is a great prophet. He's an awesome guy. And let me tell you that he speaks the Lord. And today we're talking about Jerusalem and Samaria, the two head cities. Jerusalem, of course, God's city, and Samaria, the only one really created by the Israelites at that time, Micah speaks to them. And so, Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that you would help us to understand what you're saying, because the same way you talked to Jerusalem and Samaria, you talk to us today in our cities, in our places, so that we can hear what you desire from us. Lord, so many people are asking, Lord, what do you want from me? And it's right here in your wonderful word. So help us to read it. Help us to pick up the Bible and understand it, Lord. And I pray that there are people who are watching today who have not become a, a reader of the word of God. Help them to do so in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, as we focus on this, I need to draw your attention to the first chapter and the first verse, because this is interesting. Watch how this book starts. It says, the word of the Lord that came to Micah of Morsheth in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. So the time is leveled and the place is leveled. This is where it's at. He says, hear all you peoples. Listen, O earth, and all that is in it. Let the Lord God be a witness against you. The Lord from his holy temple. His temple's holy, did you know that? For behold, the Lord is coming out of his place. He will come down and tread on the high places of the earth. The mountains will melt under him, and the valleys will split like wax before the fire like waters poured down from a deep place. That's a lot of power, I'm telling you. Through Micah, God speaks to everyone on the earth. You see, when God speaks, everyone should pay attention and listen carefully. I want you to remember, God is talking to the entire earth. And he says, I want you to listen to me. Pay attention. Look at me, he says. I'm getting ready to do something. And so when people would blame this political system or that political system or this mess up or that mess up, keep in mind that it's God who judges the people for their sin. 
God's doing much of that today. So we need to pay attention and we need to pray and ask the Lord to help us. And we pray, Father, keep the demonic forces away from individuals who are in leadership. Help them, O oh God. We need to pray that. That's very important. We need to ask that the Lord reaches out to people and brings them to himself. Micah chapter 1 verse 5 says, All of this is for the transgression of Jacob and for the sins of the house of Israel. What is the transgression of Jacob? Is it not Samaria? And what are the high places of Judah? Are they not Jerusalem? Therefore, I will make Samaria a heap of ruins in the field, places for planting a vineyard. I will pour down her stones into the valley, and I will uncover her foundations. All her carved images, these are the idols, all her carved images shall be beaten to pieces, and all of her pay as a harlot shall be burned with the fire. All her idols I will lay desolate, for she gathered it from the pay of, her, of a harlot, and they shall return to the pay of the harlot. Boy, I tell you what, God is really on this. God confronts the cities of Jerusalem and Samaria. Only our heart and soul in confession to Jesus Christ will change God's view of us. Only our heart and our soul will do that. Beloved, we deal with sin by coming to Christ and saying, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. And, and this is what Micah says to the people. He says, I need you to get right with God. That's how we do it. We come to Jesus Christ because we see the New Testament and it tells us the truth, which we're getting into at the end of this month. Very important. Let's read on. Micah chapter 1, verses 8 and 9 say, Therefore I will wail and howl. I will go striped or stripped rather and naked. I will make a wailing like the jackals and a mourning like the ostriches. For who her wounds are incurable. For it has come to Judah. It has come to the gate of my people. That is to Jerusalem. God's judgment comes everywhere. Let me tell you something. Sin or rebellion against God is everywhere. God has made a way for us to defeat sin and have peace with him through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me explain. Jesus Christ came. Jesus Christ died on the cross. Jesus Christ miraculously rose to life because he's the Lord in the flesh. And Jesus Christ, there is no body of Jesus Christ under, there's no DNA of Christ. It's in heaven. It's in heaven. God lived on the earth, overcame sin, and in heaven, he has the right. He is the one who is our key. Let us come to the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, and let us pray to God for repentance. Lord, help us today by the power of your Holy Spirit. Come into our hearts and overcome us, Lord, with the reality of who you are. We need to be holy. Our sin is dark. Help us from our sin. Save us, Lord, today, especially. We need to come to you. Thank you, Father. We believe you died on the cross. We believe you rose again in the flesh. Help us, Lord, be the Lord of our lives. Amen. 
We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you clap and when you get excited, you are celebrating life. Do you understand that? Jesus Christ gave us life. But he promised that the Holy Spirit would be sent. All right, so today our assignment is Micah chapters one through four. And to go along with our Bible reading today, I'm gonna be profiling the prophet Micah. And Micah of Moresheth is one of the 12 minor prophets of the Bible. Of course, minor refers to the length of his book, not to the importance of his message. In fact, Micah was a very important prophet of God whose message positively influenced the likes of Hezekiah and Jeremiah. Check it out. Although known to us as simply Micah, his Hebrew name was Micah Yahu, or Micaiah for short. It means who is like Yahweh, and interestingly, the prophet seems to hint at his own name in the biblical book that also bears his name, with the phrase, who is a God like you, in Micah chapter 7 verse 18. The Greek form of his name is Micaius, but in Latin it's Micah, from which we get the modern English derivation. Though not much is known about Micah's personal life, we do know that he was a great defender of the poor, which has earned him the moniker, the poor people's prophet. He ministered to both the northern and southern kingdoms of Israel in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, whose combined reigns spanned from approximately 751 to 687 BC, meaning he was a contemporary of the prophets Isaiah and Hosea, as well as the rural prophet Amos. In fact, similar to Amos, Micah was also a country prophet. He hailed from a Judean village called Moresheth, which apparently was a productive agricultural area about 25 miles southwest of Jerusalem. Both Micah and Amos were also probably from families of relatively humble status. Is it any wonder then that both of these prophets had a heart for the poor, who were facing oppression at the hands of the rich and powerful? Indeed, it was a time in Israel's history when the people of Judah had become just as spiritually and ethically corrupt as the apostate northern kingdom of Israel had. The heirs to David's throne were practicing the same abominations as the illegitimate kings of the northern kingdom. A time of prosperity had hardened the rich who were oppressing the poor to the extent of denying them justice in the courts. The priests and prophets were performing the religious rituals as prescribed by Yahweh but for a fee. The nation was engaging in idolatry, injustice, rebellion, and empty ritualism, all in the name of religion. But it was false. Thus Micah, much like James did in the New Testament, was calling people back to true religion, which he says is to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. It is the very essence of the law, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Even though the northern kingdom of Israel refused to change her ways and was subsequently destroyed by the Assyrians, Micah's call for repentance was heeded by King Hezekiah, which spared Jerusalem from the Assyrian assault. Micah's words also later saved the life of Jeremiah, who was on trial for his prophecies, but when his accusers reviewed Micah's words, they found their messages to be much the same. Even though Micah was extremely angry about the sin of his people, he nevertheless had a pastor's heart. As one scholar observes, the prophet's anger and urgency are tempered by his tenderness, sympathy, and sorrow for his nation, 
And even though the whole nation was to face divine judgment, Micah points to a future time when it will be restored under the rule and reign of the promised Messiah. So as you can see, Micah's message was in no way a minor one. He, along with Isaiah, Hosea, and Amos, pleaded with God's people to repent of their sinful ways and turn to the living God. And much like James does in the New Testament, Micah declares what true religion is, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. It's the very essence of the law. And Jesus summed it up this way, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. It's really important to talk about the content as well as the position of this prophet because uh, we don't have time to stay on it, but uh, you need to think it through. And when you read it, you need to understand it and meditate on it mm -hmm. and ask God to show you because it's very important. For sure. So thank you, Ryan, for that. Corey? All right. Well, jumping back into Micah, we're going to uh, look even at how some of his prophecies ended up being fulfilled because they were fulfilled. Uh, so let's just jump right in and take a look at that. Based off the introduction to his book, the prophet Micah prophesied between 750 and 686 BC. This makes him contemporary with the biblical prophets Hosea, who prophesied in Samaria, and the prophet Isaiah, who prophesied in Jerusalem. Micah gave messages from God to the leaders of both of those cities, Samaria, the capital of northern Israel, and Jerusalem, the capital of his nation, Judah. Not much is known about Micah's family because he is given a designation of where he was from rather than whose son he was. The book's introduction calls him Micah of Morsheth. Morsheth is believed to have been a suburb of the city of Gath, located in Judah's Shefla region, about a day's walk from Jerusalem. Micah's connection to the Shefla is solidified by his lament for its villages contained in chapter 1. Micah's association with Morsheth over and above a family name has led some scholars to speculate that he was an important elder of the people from this region, that he, in a sense, represented them to the ruling authorities, especially in Jerusalem, who were the cause of the great suffering that was to come on the people in the form of the Assyrian invasion. It's also interesting to note that while Micah gave a message to Samaria's leaders, he chose not to name their kings, dating his ministry only with the names of Jerusalem's kings, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. This could be because Micah saw Samaria's kings as illegitimate before God, not sanctioned by him to rule, just as his contemporary prophet Hosea claimed. During Micah's lifetime, the main physical threat to Israel and Judah was the Neo-Assyrian Empire. In 733 BC, Assyrian King Tiglath-Pileser III took the territories of Gilead and Galilee and deported its inhabitants. Then in 722 BC, Micah's prophecy of Samaria's destruction was fulfilled after Assyrian King Shalmaneser V successfully ended a three-year siege of the city, with King Sargon II finishing up the work and implementing additional deportations of Israelites. Finally, Micah's prophecies of coming destruction on Judah were met when Assyrian King Sennacherib invaded in 701 BC. He destroyed all of Judah's fortified towns and many of its villages, presumably including the ones Micah knew and loved in the Shefla. 
The eventual destruction of Jerusalem itself did not happen during Micah's lifetime, but sometime later during the life of the prophet Jeremiah. And interestingly, Micah and his prophecies are mentioned in Jeremiah's book. In Jeremiah 26, elders that were advocating to keep Jeremiah alive appealed to Micah's harsh prophecies of Jerusalem's destruction. Their point was that Micah had prophesied this to King Hezekiah of Jerusalem, and Hezekiah had listened and repented rather than tried to have him killed like the king of Jeremiah's time was attempting. This was the reason Jerusalem had been saved. Now, the, the book of Micah is so interesting for many different reasons. And, and one of the things that I didn't have a chance to pop in this segment, but I just wanted to mention it here, is how literary of a book Micah is. And, and I'll give you an example of that. So Micah focuses in on words and their meanings and, and making a coherent book, even though it's prophecies that he's, he's piecing together into an overall book. And uh, one of the ways that he does that is by using the meaning of his name. So in chapter one, verse one, uh, he lets us know the word of the Lord that came to Micah of Morsheth, right? And Micah's name means who is like the Lord. And in the very last chapter, the very last paragraph, he opens up like this, who is a God like you? And then he goes on to explain it. So by that, by his very name meaning, he's bookending the book of his prophecies, which I thought was very cool. It's kind of like a wordplay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's yeah. very focused on things like it's that. Very, really, it's very interesting. And I, I wish that we had four or five programs we could spend on these prophets, <laughs> but we don't. Um, and uh, th this is a really, really interesting study. More prophets to come. Janice? Well, we do have a question, but I thought maybe you could take this time and sure. share with maybe new viewers about what you and Matlock do and you yourself do for the weekend readings. Yes. Okay. So there's two things that we do. The first thing that we release uh, normally on a Friday, sometimes a Saturday or a Sunday is uh, we release a 10 minute recap. And what that is, is we know that the, the reading schedule to get through the Bible in a year is extensive. There's a lot of reading that you have to do each day and then each week. So a lot of people fall behind. And so I release a 10 minute recap where I just get you caught back up on the reading that we were doing that week with the idea being, if you've fallen behind, you can just watch those instead of having chapters and chapters and books and books to catch up on. So if that's something you're interested in, that's released on my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Corey Bebechko. And then also Matlock and I together do Bible Discoveries weekend show, which we release every Friday. And we just talk about big issues that come up as we're reading through the scripture. And we also aim to discuss and answer some viewer questions as well. If you pop over to our YouTube channel, again, it's just my name, Corey Bevechko. That's released on there. And we're pretty active in the comment section. Sometimes it takes us a couple weeks to get there, but we do get there. So if you'd like to talk to us, that's a good place to do it. And it's also something that, that I, I need to say that on the Roku channel, on the Firestick television and all of that, your program is on there as yeah, well. You can absolutely get it there. You just, there's no comment section there for us to be a part of, but you can absolutely watch it there. Yeah, and you can absolutely. also watch it on the phone app yeah. uh, for uh, iPhone and also for Android. It's really, really good. And uh, I like Andrew's questions to you and I like his comments as well, <laughs> very good. Uh, anyway, um, I, I'm, I'm just thinking about this. And as I think about this, I, I would ask you, mm -hmm. please, be careful when you ask the questions. All right. Because I might miss. You might, but that's all right. <laughs> if you miss, that just means that you're learning something new. I see. 
Because I used to answer the questions all the time, and I haven't answered them for many years now. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, I do hear silent <laughs> motioning behind I, every me. Every once, sometimes. but people get upset yes, every once in a while. You have to restrain yourself. I do that. Yeah, I'm restraining myself question. now. Have respect, respect the question. Yes, yes. And those trying to play along at home. Without I'm cheating. not going to say a word. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> we okay. We'll see. With that. We will get ready to the question here. All right, so this is uh, anywhere from Hosea chapter 12 through to Micah 4. There's lots of information here, but here's where I narrowed it down. The Bible says that Amos was among the sheep breeders of what town? The Bible says that Amos was among the sheep breeders of what town? Was that Tekoa? Was that Teman? Or was that Timna. I haven't said a word. No, you haven't. Very good. Tekoa, Timon, or Timna. Mm. You guys have to answer this question. Indeed, we do. It's a good question. <laughs> it's a very good question. It is. Um, but we think we know the answer. We're pretty That's confident. quick. Yeah. Confident. You guys got it, man. You're doing good. Well, I really, I really like Amos, you know, God's angry prophet <laughs> yes. and uh, all of that. But uh, we're going to go with Tekoa. Tekoa? Yes. All right. Well, you at home... If you answer Tekoa, Amos 1, verse 1 says, The words of Amos, who was among the sheep breeders of Tekoa. So very good if you answered that. Now, I think, I'm just going to say, we could have a bonus on the fly (laughs) question. So not only was Amos a sheep breeder from Tekoa, what else did he do? What else did he do? Care, take care yeah. of. Do you fruit remember? Picker. Yeah, sycamore, fruit, sycamore figs. You, fruit picker, right? He took care of sycamore fig trees. Yeah. I didn't say a word. Yeah. You didn't. <laughs> and I recall many, many years ago that you missed that question. That's why I, that's what I did, so and that's why I looked see? it up. And I looked it up years ago, and I because when you miss a question in front of everybody, mm. it's I mean it's one thing because people see themselves only, but there's a whole lot of people it watching. Sears into it your sears. brain, oh, does it not? Goodness. But you remembered it today, didn't you? Uh, well, of course, yeah. Sycamore fig tree, so it's doing its job. It's doing its job. <laughs> Good for you if you said Tacoa, and if not, like Rod missed it many, many a year. Many years ago, he got it today. You get it the next time. Again, I want to say this, and we talk about it, and we say it over and over again. But if you are somebody who needs forgiveness of sin, if you are like me, a sinner, and it's so important for us to confess that, Lord, we're sinners, let's pray. And say, Father, I confess my sin to you, Lord, you know. And I I need you to, to come and take my life. I need you to be Lord of my life because you died on the cross and rose again in the flesh. In Jesus' name. Amen.